Man, I'm so excited to be here, and I'm so excited to be part of a community that wants to help people move forward on their journey. I believe in a God who wants to uh, seek and save those of us who have gotten off the path, a God who wants to help us who have uh, become addicted to something, have a torn, broken relationship, uh, those of us who need healing in our life. We, I believe in a God who wants to meet us right where we're at and change our lives. And... Um, we're at Whitewater, we want to be part of what God's doing, and, um, and so I just want to put this out, out there. The fall is one of the biggest times people respond to God, because in the fall, like, the courts are filled with people going through divorce, people going through hardship, and I think that um, this is a time where people need to hear about him, hear the good news that God loved them so much that he sent his son, that he engaged the world, that he's there to engage them, that he's there to love them. He's there to bring truth and bring challenge and to bring grace. And uh, would you be a part of that this, this fall? Um, next week is the start of the, the, the journey, and it's going to be phenomenal. Um, we're going to be sharing the gospel. We're going to be giving hope for you know anybody who's needing to move forward and needing to to grow in the Lord, but I, I, I think that many of us probably have friends who don't yet know Jesus, or maybe don't know God's love, never experienced it, maybe some people who have run, and they've done the prodigal son thing, where they've just run away from him, and um, would you just commit to praying for them, um, that God would maybe bring them in, that he would use you to bring them in, and, and hear this message of hope, um, the whole series, uh, it's going to be like five or six weeks, is going to be all about the good news of, 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 of freedom in Christ. And uh, so I, on your notes even, I, I put this there because it's helpful for me. Um, I go through seasons where, man, I, I just want to be praying for people in my life. It could be a neighbor, it could be a family member, it could be someone that you meet, met recently. I, you know, I don't know. But if, if you'll notice on the notes, there's a, a portion that it says, you know, who are you praying for? Who are you going to be inviting? And maybe write their names, like maybe one name or two or three or however many, and just begin praying for them, that God would grab a hold of them, and that God would change their life. I believe God wants to change us. He has the power to, to change our lives. And so... Um, I'm just asking you to commit to that as we go to the, the journey series. And it might be just uh, what you need as well. Um, it's going to be really powerful. This is a series for everyone. Let's pray real quick. Father God, we love you. We're so grateful for you. Would you just continue um, writing your story through our church, writing your story through our lives, changing one life at a time, Lord? We ask today that you would speak to us, that you would uh, open our hearts to what you have to say and your word to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to be really upfront with you guys today. This is the last in our series on serving. How do we become a church that's a church of serving? How do we become a church that's a catalyst for change in our world? And uh, I think it's really easy for people to get um, at churches or any organization, but especially churches, to kind of have this mentality where this is like a club where I come and it's my friends, it's my thing, and it's like there to, to serve me. And, um, and I think it's really easy to forget our purpose, that we're part of this catalytic movement started by God, catalyzed by Jesus, who started the church, and Jesus said he, the, the church is, it, it's, he's, he's founding it, it's, it's his, and, and the gates of hell will not stand against the church that he's building, like the church is going to outlast 
every institution, every ism, whether it's fundamentalism, capitalism, socialism, it's going to outlast all those isms. It's going to be the thing that, that lasts through eternity. It's going to outlast any business, any nation. The church is going to keep moving on, and we get to be a part of that. I, I think sometimes it's really easy to forget that we're part of this amazing thing that's got, that, that, that there's been... Uh, thousands of lives who have come before us that have that have given of themselves and sacrificed so that we can be here today. Mothers and fathers, um, leaders and servants who have sacrificed so that we could have the good news that we can know about the story of Jesus. People who have written the you know the, the the stories of the Bible, like the actual authors, and it was passed down by people and people who lived out God's word. Most importantly, lived it out and loved people by God's Spirit, and we're part of this incredible movement. And and I want to be a church that's known for serving our community. We have the heart of a servant. And Jesus made it really simple when he said, like, if you wanna if you wanna move away from like policy driven religion and box, like putting religion and putting people in box and putting God in box and boxes, if you want to move away from that and you want to move to to re- true religion, then it, there's these two things you just have to remember love God and love people. If we love God, we serve God. If we love people, we serve people. We can't, we can't serve people as well as we could if we're not loving God. And we can't say that we're loving God well if we're not serving the people that he sent his son to die for. It's like this both and. It's this incredible, um, amazing thing that we get to be a part of. And do we love God? If we do, we serve him. Do we love people? If we do, we serve them. And today, I just want to, make, I want to be really upfront. I, I want to challenge you to get involved in this community of serving, this community of servants. And we want to serve our community, but it starts home. We've got to take care of home base. Like I, I, I've known people that are, are so serving-oriented and social justice-oriented that they'll go like save all sorts of other people, and they'll be involved with all sorts of other situations and help other families and other kids that are in distress at the expense of taking care of their own family. And some people are like, well, yeah, that's right. You just need to take care of your own family. And they get so like looking at their own church or their own family, their own like thing that it's at the expense of others. And the church is called to do both, to love the world and to love each other well. And so I want to challenge you after service. In fact, we're having uh, an open house where you can come and look at different areas to serve. If you're not plugged in or you've been thinking maybe there's a better fit out there, um, we're going to have different ministries um, that you can come check out different areas of serving our community and serving this this church that are unbelievable ways of serving. And so I want to ask you to check that out. You actually can sign up for a uh, you can get a ticket, and uh, that's going to be uh, you know for a drawing that they're going to have. But the real reality is we want you to to be part of the family and to start serving somewhere. Start even if it's somewhere small and and just get involved. Um, and if you've been serving for a long time, we don't want you to have to quit our church to like feel like you can change you know where you serve. Some people feel like, oh, no, I need to like totally back out because they feel guilty about oh, I might be needing a, to change where I serve or what I, what I serve in. We, don't want, we, we want to equip you. Part of the church's job is to equip people to serve where God has called them. Does that sound cool? I think that's a cool deal. Now, um, I, uh, I went to um, some organizations that, that their purpose statement is supposed to be we're, we're here to serve uh, people. We're here to serve people who come through our doors. The first one I went to was uh, Chick-fil-A. Have you guys ever been to Chick-fil-A? Yes. 
All right, there's some Chick-fil-A people in here. I like that. I can smell the fat molecules and chicken just like, right? I love it. It smells so good when you go. And when I, I'm in Cal, from California originally, I, when, when I was young, we moved up here. Like, it was always the in and out people in California and Arizona versus the Chick-fil-A people. And I'm just like, guys, can't we all just get along and say it's both? It's both. Come on, in and out and Chick-fil-A. They, you can have a double-double and, and, and a, you know, a really good like, chicken nugget at the same time. It's great. I went to, uh, we recently have Chick-fil-A up on South Hill, and uh, you can go through the, whether you go through the drive-thru or you go into the actual establishment, when you walk in the doors or you have the person talk to you at the, that's, run, that's manning the, the, the uh, drive-thru, what, when, you, when you first get there, they're like, may I take your order? How can I help you? How can I serve you? You can't get to the front, uh, you know, to the line where you order without having someone say, how can I serve you? And then when you say, here's what I'd like, this is what I want, what do they say? It's my, my pleasure. They have, they have a culture of serving and hospitality that is amazing. It's like irresistible. But it, it's not just in word. They're not like, you know, how can I serve you? And it would be my pleasure. And then like you get a really terrible, you know, Chicken sandwich. What's your favorite thing there? Chicken sandwich? Spicy. Yeah, look. I'm like the nugget guy. Sarah likes the nuggets. I always get the 12-pack and then grab a few extra so it's like a 16-pack for me. I love it there. But their food backs up what they say. Their food's great. It comes in a timely manner. But the most important thing is they're always checking up on you. Like, can I top you off, sir, on that, like, extremely sugary beverage? You know, they're like... It's, it originated in the South, so they're always trying to give you this sweet tea that's got like honey, Splenda, sugar cane. It's got everything in there that's just like, you know, they, they want you to be happy and diabetic. It's amazing. <laughs> the service there, and it's just unbelievable. I went to another establishment, and its purpose statement is to serve their customers and people who come in. And I walked in the door, it's like ghost town. There's maybe like one person there. I'm not sure if they're real, if they're a statue, you know. <laughs> And there's no, there's no staff anywhere to be seen. It's just like empty, silent. I kind of <clears throat> cough, you know, I'm with some family. And then finally someone comes out, you know, and the, you can tell they're just so excited to be there. Like, what do you want? <laughs> you know, yeah, what do you want? I'm like, well, we'd like to grab a seat and get some food. Is that okay? yeah and then they grab things and they take us to the chair there's like no one there and and then we're starting to talk and find you know we're waiting for someone to come take our order it takes forever and then finally they come and and uh take our order and um and then when our order comes it's not like nothing's right and you know that can happen anywhere right but it's just when there's already you've already had an experience where like no one's there and it doesn't feel like they want want you to be be there they don't want to serve you and like I'm eating and all of a sudden I realize there's lipstick on my cup that, and I don't normally wear lipstick so I'm like pretty sure this isn't mine you know and then there's like leftover spinach from some other uh, some other uh, meal that this silverware has been you know gone through and I'm just like what because I don't eat salad that's definitely not me <laughs> the experience is just totally different and you can have communities you can have organizations you can have churches that really like differ because you, you, you have these two different kinds. One that's, a, one that's about serve us and one that's about actual service. We serve people. We're here to serve people. Every, our habits, our structure, every, our language, our heart, it's all about serving people. And then you have others, and many times churches can start falling into this when we forget who we are, when we forget who we serve, when we forget what we're about. 
that all of a sudden it's about serve us. And friends, I do not want to be a, a serve us church. And thankfully, I don't think we are. But we are, like, there's always a danger in any human heart to start going, it's about me. What's the difference between the two organizations? What's the difference between the Chick-fil-A and the other that shall remain nameless? I had people coming up and they were like, like naming different organizations. And I was like, no, that wasn't it. Yeah, that definitely was it. You know, I was like, but what, what's the difference? In a serve us culture, it's like, uh, it's about me. Like, if, if I'm working there, it's about me and like my time. And man, I don't want to get out to the register to take care of these people. Or they can get their food when I'm ready. And at churches, it can be like, it's about me. It's about what I'm going through. And, and don't get me wrong, God wants to serve you. He wants to love you. And, he, and, and one of the things of being in a church family is letting people serve you. Letting them know what's going on in your life so they can be part of it and bless you. But man, when we come with the mentality that it's about me... Have you ever lived with someone when everything's about them and the world revolves around them and everything has to be about them and they're always re- you're, you're always really insulted and hurt and super fragile emotionally because every little thing is like a slight to you because it's about you? It also is like, um, in, in this culture, it's like, does the church, the question people have when they come to a church like this is like, what, how is this church going to bless me? How is this church going to bless me? Rather than, over here, how can I become a blessing? Totally different mentality. Uh, how is this church going to serve me? How are these people going to serve me? How can I get what I want out of this? Versus, man, how can I serve others? And how can I help meet other people's needs? Just totally different mentality. And we are called to be the church that Christ sacrificed for. We're supposed to be like the one who gave his life and served. Like the two words that define the Christian life are giving and serving. That's the, Lord, that's the, that's the God that we serve. And so friends, that is, this is the church I want to be. And so I want to talk to you guys about that. There's this, um, this reality I, I think we have to get, let sink into our hearts. And here's what it is. You and I, you and I are shaped to love and serve God. We are shaped to love and serve God. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says this uh, in verse 10. We are His workmanship. We are God's workmanship. Did you know, before I go any further, did you know that you are like handcrafted? God is the artist. He is the creator. And He doesn't like making little cookie cutters. People, He gives you unique personality, unique gifts. Everything about you is unique. There is no one else like you. You are a unique, as, as unique as th- a thumbprint is or a snowflake is. There's no two alike. You are uniquely made by Him. And I, I, we live in a world where it's like you don't matter. Everything you're, you lump into this group and to this group and, and, and like blast, blast, blast past all the uniqueness and every person in here was uniquely made and formed by God we have a culture where people are just like constantly telling you you don't matter we have relationships that get so toxic that say you don't matter and so many people many people might even be sitting here today just under the impression that they don't matter and they're worthless and like there are pieces to them that just Um, that are unacceptable and that who could accept you and this is saying that you are God's workmanship that you were designed before you were even born God was thinking about you how you were going to be shaped think about that when you're complaining about this person that person was made in God's image God loves them 
You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Uh, We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Not just nice thoughts or good thoughts, not just good feelings, but good works. That we were created for a purpose. That we're uniquely made and designed to serve God and to impact people. And you have unique gifts, whether maybe your personality is a little annoying or maybe you're like super lovable. You're so lovable, you're in fact annoying because of it. Whatever that may be, like God has designed you for a purpose. And um, before I go any further, one, one thing that, that's worth noting is there are often two kinds of people I've noticed. One kind of person is, is, is very relationship oriented. And when they talk, think about faith, they always want to remind people like we are human beings, like it's about who we are and our relationship with God. And you don't have to do anything. Like you couldn't earn uh, salvation from God. You couldn't earn anything from God. His grace, you couldn't earn it. You just have to receive it. it, it, it God loved you whether you were lovable or not. He, it's about his love. And it's so good to have those people that have that bent because they always want to remind us about the relationship of God. But then there's the other kind of person that's like, yeah, that's great, but don't forget that God made us with a purpose to do good works that he designed us to do long ago, that we were made to do something. And don't forget that we got to do this, we got to do this, and, and use your abilities and, you know, go after him, do big things for the Lord, have big faith. You know, I, I, how many of you guys can relate to the big faith, go out and get it done kind of person? How many of you guys can relate to more of the like, but we have to remember who we are and that like we can't earn this. Like don't, you be careful that you're not doing things to earn anything from God. Well, be careful that you're just not sitting on your big fat tub. You know, and the, what, but there can be this tension, but it's actually really good. It's both. It's both. And today we're going to be emphasizing a theology of vocation, a theology of, of work and service and what we're designed for. But it's within the context that we, are, we have a relationship with God. Everything to us is given, not earned. Does that make sense? All right. So, you and I are God's masterpiece. In Job uh, 10, it says this, Your hands shaped me and formed me. You and I were formed by God. In Psalms 139, 13-14, it says, For it was you, God, who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Before I'd done anything good or bad, Lord, you had planned me. Somebody here today has to remember that God planned you on purpose. In a world that's saying everything's on accident, the world was created on accident. You are an accident, or you're not worthy, or there's uh, oftentimes it can get even to this point where people say you're worthless, and there's feelings of worthlessness that come through. You have to remember what David remembered when he was struggling and depressed and bummed out that it was you who created me you knit me together in my mother's womb when no one else could see me you could see all the abilities and capacities that you were shaping in me my whole future was being laid out by you and in verse 14 i will praise you because i have been remarkably and wondrously made somebody here today has to has to hear that you've been remarkably and wonderfully made and think about that God created you. He loves you. You were made on purpose. You are not an accident. So what on earth are you and I here for? We're here to serve God. Serve people. I want to talk to you guys about how God has shaped you. The rest of the sermon is about this. How has God shaped you? And we're going to be using an acrostic. It's really simple. It's the word shape. And you might want to take your notes out if you haven't already. S-H-A-P-E. And the S stands for spiritual gifts. 
What spiritual gifts have you been given? H stands for heart. What are your passions? Uh, A stands for abilities. uh, Personality is for the P. And E is for experience. Like God has shaped you and I with spiritual gifts, with passions, with abilities, with personalities. Totally different. I mean, we have people that are just totally different and they're never going to be the same. And God's like, yes, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted for my church, to have this great diversity. And we all have, no one has the experiences you have. You're the only person that has your ex- the experiences that you have. I mean, you can be sitting here with an identical twin and you have different experiences and even different personalities. And even sometimes different giftings. I think that is so amazing. Our God is not a God who's just trying to make these carbon copies. We're all unique. Um, spiritual gifts is what I want to talk to you guys about first. First uh, Peter 4.10 says this, Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards or good managers of the varied grace of God. So you've been given gifts by God. Use it to serve others and be good managers of what God has given you. Uh, there's three things you have to remember, I think, that are really important when you're thinking about spiritual gifts. Your gifts need to be unwrapped by experience, not just a test. It has to be unwrapped by experience. Um, a lot of times people will, um, like they'll, in business world, they'll take tests, like the Strength Finders or Myers-Briggs or DISC. Some of you guys have heard of these, Yeah. Or spiritual inventories in the church, you know, like what are your spiritual gifts and they'll take these tests. One of the issues uh, with that is that it doesn't take into account our experiences. They're helpful, but they don't take into account our experiences. And also, have you ever noticed that humans sometimes are prone for self-deception? Like we see ourselves like, I'm really good at this. Or I'm really terrible at this when you're actually really good at something that you thought you're really bad at. Or you're really bad at something you thought you were really good at. And just no one's wanted to tell you. Like, do you guys know that this is, I didn't tell the other group, I used to uh, be a youth pastor, and I used to play guitar, and I used to play drums. I taught my brother, this is drums, just so you know. <laughs> this is the triangle. This is the cowbell. Uh, but here's the worst part. I used to sing. I used to sing in front, like, all right, guys, let's start singing. There'd be a group of kids, and we'd start going. I, 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 I like singing. But I am not a great singer. Like Mike and the band, they're, they're great. I mean, I'm better than some of you. I've heard some of you, and it's like real bad. But, <laughs> but I used to sing. Like that's how like, God was using me in those days. And God was like, okay, we're going to move you out of there <laughs> into an area that you're more gifted in. And uh, it's, I, trust me, it's a good thing that I'm not singing anymore uh, for you guys. If you really want me to, ask me. I'll sing to you like, uh, after church sometime. But it's a great thing that I'm not doing that anymore. Um, Spiritual gifts are really important to know, but you can only know them by doing them, by unwrapping them. Um, Our lives are uh, just one big gift. God gives over and over, gift after gift. And our life is unwrapping them. You can't just figure it out, figure yourself out in a test that you take online or on Facebook. You know, like... You have, to, you have to do and you have to go experience life and you have to start serving. I can't tell you. I've seen like men who are, like their job is, is chiseling like and, and pounding mortar and their job is to like demo and they're just these big hulking guys and they'll all of a sudden find Christ and, and come to church and, and you know, they're like, what do I have to serve? Like I don't have, what do I have to offer? I don't have much to offer. And then someone signs them up, you know, like their, their, their love interest, the reason they're really there at church signs them up for the nursery 
And they're just these big hulking beasts. And then you just see like, the, like all of a sudden they pick up a kid and like this gentle giant comes out and, this, and the tenderness comes out and they're like cooing at this little baby. And the baby that none of the other ladies could get be quiet, this big, huge beast, hairy man is just like rocking to sleep, you know? And don't anybody mess with that because he can chisel mortar. He will chisel you. Don't you threaten anything, you know? It's amazing. Like these gifts begin coming out. Like I, here's another, <laughs> I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. Um... But one guy, his name is Mark. I love Mark. He comes up to me. He's new at Whitewater. And he's like, hey, yeah, I do all sorts of things. I can build anything just so you know. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And um, we, look, we, we need people to help build, it, build things. And I didn't realize he like, literally can build anything. He called me one day from the desert, like uh, the salt flats out in Utah. He's like, hey, pastor, I just want you to pray that you know, I survive the day. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, well, I'm, out, I'm, I'm trying to break a land speed record. Well, land speed record. Yeah, I built a bike. I'm like, you built a bike? What does it look like? He's like, uh, I can't really explain it to you. Like, he couldn't literally. I had to see pictures of it. It's like this elongated, crazy thing he designed, and he broke a land speed record with it. He built it himself with some buddies. Like, they just fabricated everything. And out of his mind and, and his creativity and all his skill, he was able to build this thing. He literally can build anything. And, now, and he and a bunch of other guys helped build a bunch of stuff we did for our... Um, when every, every winter comes, we do this thing called One Child, for throwing a party for all these um, uh, foster kids. And he and a team did all this amazing stuff. You guys have so many gifts and abilities, but you won't figure out what they are until you actually start doing them. Here's the second thing. Your gifts are not for you. They're for others. Your gifts are not for you. They're for others. Um, the band... Like, how lame would it be if, like, on Sundays, Mike's like, I'm going to go play my guitar at home. And he's just like, ding, 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 just hanging out at home. You know, your gifts are for other people. I mean, he would be better than ding, 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 that'd be me. But your gifts are for other people. The band, when they come here, the, when they serve on a Sunday, there's joy in what they do. But they get here at, like, 7 o'clock, and they stay till 12 so that you can worship, so that you can lift up and sing with whatever, whether you've got a good voice or a terrible voice or somewhere in between, you can worship God. They're serving and their gifts are not for them. It's for others. And it's so easy in our culture to like be, want to find out what our strengths are and take a test and be you know, like, this is my strength and I'm really good at this. And a lot of people who want to be leaders will come up to me and be like, I'm a leader because I'm gifted in this and this is what I'm doing. And they'll like talk about it. And sometimes there's a difference between someone wanting to, to use their gift to serve others because it's for others. It's been given to them by God to serve others so they can't be like proud about it or boastful. And someone who says, I'm pretty awesome. I'm a pretty big deal. And uh, I'll let you witness how great my gifts are if you let me do you see the difference and our gifts are given so that they can be given away they're for other people not for us number three god doesn't waste your gifts god doesn't waste your spiritual gifts only you do god doesn't waste our spiritual gifts he wants us to use them to the max he wants us to discover what we are and what we have and begin developing those and discover that maybe we have gifts we never thought we did have or would have and God wants us to use us. God doesn't waste a gift. Only we do. All right. Now, um, boy, I want to, there's so much that could be, that could be said. I'm going to have to jump to the next one, heart. I want to jump to heart. What's your passion? There are so many people doing so many different things. And it's the worst when you see someone and they're not passionate. They're not excited about what they're doing at all. Like, there's no passion. How, if you like the Seahawks, 
or the Dolphins or whatever your favorite football team is or whatever your favorite thing is, you know, like you're really big into like board gaming or whatever the thing is. Have you ever seen like your team or like people come out of the tunnel or ready to go play the game and do the thing and there's no passion? They just fall flat. It's the worst when you see like the Seahawks, you know, and they've got all this talent and they'll come out in a game and they'll just be flat. There's just no passion. All the talent's there. They're using their gifts. They're using the abilities, but the, there's no passion. So they're not like, they're not pushing themselves. And friends, we are part of the church. There's, the gates of hell are not going to last against us. Jesus is building his church. He's helping reconcile people, heal people, forgive people, free people. We get to be a part of that. What, when I see a church, if there's not passionate people, I'm like, what, what's going on? Have they forgotten who they are? And I just never want us to be at that point where we've forgotten who we are, where we're just like going through the motions. Hey, how are you doing? What's up? I want, whether you're serving and doing little things or medium things or big things, we're doing it with passion because it makes a difference. Some people are like, well, what do I have to give? Or, you know, I, I, I'm just not that passionate. Get passionate about something. What, what makes you passionate? Well, I don't know. Well, what angers you? What bothers you? Well, when people don't do this right, or when, when people aren't welcomed, or when, like, the, you know, there's not enough children's workers, you know, like, well, do something about it. If it's bothering you, it usually is connected to a value, and a value is what makes you passionate. It's what makes you passionate. So get and be passionate about what you do. How many guys think if we're more passionate as a church about serving the Lord, people will see our passion? How many of you guys think that serving the Lord is something to be passionate about? We know it's true. Let's make it true. Let's be passionate people. All right. I'll keep moving here. Abilities. God gives us abilities. Exodus th- uh, 31, 3 through 5, uh, is talking to, about a guy who is a leader who's, who's going to start building the worship center, like the tabernacle at the time. In verse 31, it says, I have filled this guy, I filled him with God's spirit, with wisdom and understanding and ability in every craft to design artistic work in gold and silver and bronze and to cut gemstones for mounting and to carve wood work in every craft um some of us think like like well the only work and spiritual work is really like people who can pray and read the bible and what pastors do and like what i do isn't spiritual and isn't like real real important guys every ability this guy was a was a craftsman did you know that the average person The average person has 500 to 700 skills that they bring to the table. Think about the room right now. Like, as we look around here, if you were to multiply whatever we have in this room by, let's average it out to 600 abilities and skills, what those could be used for. Like, what could God do with those? Did you guys know that in our church, we have so, like, so many different types of people with so many different gifts and so many abilities. We've got, we got a gal named Kat who's like an interior designer, and she can look at like a room or look at a building and just like in her brain make it beautiful and then actually make it beautiful with hard work and effort. Like, and it's amazing. We have a, a guy in here, Nick, Nick Ryan. He's amazing. He's a, he's a trained warrior. He's just like jujitsu and octagon trained fighter. And he's taken over a lot of our security. And he's just waiting for someone to step out of line. <laughs> right? Nick, am I right? Oh, no, he's shaking his head. No, he really means he is. So don't step out of line. I mean, he's just like, oh. He, like he is, it's amazing what he can do. Like, 
Um, and he's just, he's picked up so much skill over his life. And he actually trains people. He's like Pastor Scott, his little son Jonah's like in a, in the class that his, his group runs. It's so cool. Like we have so many gifts and talents in this room. Like I don't think sometimes we realize that or we realize that God wants to unlock that and use that for his kingdom. It's real easy to use it for our kingdom. It's real easy to just like say, like, I, you know what, I, I might be able to develop this. I don't know if I can and not have the faith to even try to develop the things that God's given us. So it just stays in a back room somewhere in our life and never gets used for, our king, for his kingdom. Guys, are we using everything we have? To serve the Lord. Know that God wants to use everything you have. We have all sorts. Mark, like I said, building like a crazy uh, land speed breaking motorcycle. We'll find some way to use that. I don't know how we're going to do that. We'll find some way to use that. Right, Mark? We've got unbelievable people in here. Teachers and coaches and trainers and business business people who just know how to make money. And like you have to end up having to ask the question, are you going to be a wealth builder or a kingdom builder? And God wants to use your incredible gifts. Use them for the kingdom. I have, um, some people might be here and be like, yeah, George, well, you're just trying to get us you know, to, to, to do this and to do that. And I've, only, I've got so much time and I just don't, I don't want to give my time to that. Maybe later in my life, I just don't want, I just want to encourage you with a few things. If that's what you're thinking and like, I don't have time or man, I just don't, I don't know that I want to do this right now. One when are you ever gonna? When are you ever gonna have time? When are you? When are you gonna stop? It's gonna, I, I want. I want to say this with love. When? And this is speaking to Christians who have been kind of watching as a spectator. Everybody else play the game, and it's time to get in the game. This is for you. If you're new here, you don't know Jesus. This isn't for you. But when are you gonna quit making excuses and get in the game? Don't you, do you think it'll get old after a while with the Lord when you're like, hey, Lord, uh, man, you don't understand my life and I needed, I needed all these things and it wasn't provided. I wanted to have this happen and I didn't, it didn't happen. And you know, I, I really needed you to give me more and, and you're really, if, if you had given me more time and more this and more that, then I'd do it. But I just wasn't able to do it. God, you don't understand. And the Lord looks down at us and he's like, you don't understand. I gave you your life. I have given you every gift you have, and I know you might want someone else's gift, but these are the gifts I gave you, and there's more that you haven't even discovered yet because you haven't gone out there and started working. You haven't trusted me enough with your life to get out there and go. Go, do it. Get out. When, is it, when, when are you going to be done with the excuses? You don't understand. I sent my son to die for you so that you could be set free to live the life I designed you for. I have a friend, TJ, said, says this. He said he used to struggle like thinking of like getting up in the morning to come serve in his church community, his church family. In the morning, he said, man, it was tough, you know, like getting up early and I'm already working all the, you know, during the week. And all, all of us have jobs and all of us are busy. He's like, and then it occurred to me, I get up like five or six times a week to go serve a boss, to go serve myself, and I can't give one morning to him? I can't give one morning to God to go to serve and be a part and to love other people. And you know, I, I was I was really challenged when he said, "I was like, that's that's really dang true." And I and I think it might get. Here's the heart of it: what act of service for God and for people? What act of service is insignificant to God? 
What little gesture of kindness and love and generosity is, is insig- insignificant to him? There is no act of service too small. Every act of service is big to God, is what I'm trying to tell you. Every act of service. Start small, like if you're like, oh, I've only got this to give you right now, start there. And start giving and start serving. Every act of service. Do you know the chairs you're sitting on were set up by somebody? Somebody came here early and said, I'm on the setup team. And they do an amazing job. Um, no act of service is too small. Like, the band got here at 7. Like, like, no act of service is too small. There are people with our kids sharing Jesus with them right now because they care about your kids. And, the, and the, everybody works together. And, and we're all working as a team so that some, if, like, there weren't chairs set up or there wasn't children's church going, like, kids might not hear about Jesus. And then maybe you wouldn't have a place to sit so you wouldn't even come to hear about Jesus in the first place. Like, we're all working together so that we can, we can be a part of what God's doing. It's his work. We get to be part of it. But we're a team. No active service is too small. Are you with me? So why not, why not get in the game, friends? I want to I challenge us to get, to get in the game. 1 Corinthians says this, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit. We're given so many gifts and abilities. And he says it gives to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. I look out today and I see a variety of personalities. Your personality is on that acrostic. Personality is so important. Are you an introvert? Are you extroverted? Are you a thinker? Are you a doer? Are you a feeler? Like, like wh- how are you wired as a person? That's so important. And God wants to use your unique personality. Will you let him use you? God uses all kinds of people. Oh, God can't use me. Yes, he can. He will use you. He wants you. In fact, he's probably used you to impact people when you didn't even know it. He wants to use you where you're at. And he will grow your personality. He'll grow you as you serve him. Experience. This is the last one. You can write this down. Experience. Um, God never wastes an experience. What experience do you have uh, with family? Experience in education. What experience do you have in work? What experience do you have with God? What experience do you have like that's painful and hard? God never wastes our experience. He never wastes our education. He never wastes our work experience. He never wastes our spiritual experiences. And he definitely never wastes a hurt. God will use all of those things. And Pastor Scott talked about this a few weeks ago. But God will never waste a hurt. God will use the areas where we have been hurt most to like minister out of. And we will help other people who have gone through what we have gone through. God does not want to waste your experience. So what is your experience? And how is God going to be using that? There's a story. Um, I don't have time to read it to you. It's a parable of the talents where like the master comes up who represents God. And has these three servants and he gives five Five bags of, let's say five bags of gold to one and two bags of gold to another guy and then one bag of gold, each according to their ability, to their capacity at that time. So one with five, one with two, one with one bag of gold. And he uh, says, okay, I want you to, to, to use this for me. Use it on my behalf. And he leaves. When he comes back, there's a time of accounting. And so like 
they all have to give a report of how they've done. And the first guy who's been given five says, hey, I invested and I doubled it. I've got 10 now. And he's like, good and faithful servant. If you've been faithful a little bit, you'll be given more and we're going to give you more. Come enter my joy, like experience the joy of, of seeing changed lives. And this is the master who represents God. And then the second person who's given two, um, two bags of gold and says, I multiplied it into two more. So there's a total of four. And, and the master, like, he's not like, well, you should have had five. Like, no, you doubled what you have. That's amazing. Great job. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful a little. You'll be, you'll be faithful with more. Give him more. Enter my joy. And then the last person comes up to him and is like, hey, I, um, I, I, I buried it. I buried the gold you gave me. I buried the gifts. I buried the abilities. I, gave, I buried the shape that you gave me. I buried the life that you gave me. And the master looks at him and is like, you wicked, lazy, good for nothing, ungrateful servant. I get, what's the excuse? And he's like, well, I knew you were a hard man. I knew you were really difficult. And you were, you were giving us responsibilities to, to produce in areas that you weren't even doing anything. So I just thought I'd bury it. If, and the, the master's like, if that was true, which it's not, you don't even know my heart if you think I'm this hard, difficult but if that was true and you thought I was such a hard person, wouldn't you have put it in a bank? You don't even believe what you're telling me. Take it away. Give it to the guy with 10. At least he'll do something with it. There will be an accounting someday for every one of us with the Lord. What have we done with our life? Have we used it the way he has shaped us? Has, have we done God's will? I want to encourage you, friends. Like, it's never too late to start investing your life, your spiritual gifts, your heart and your passions, your abilities, your personality, your experiences, and start using them for the Lord. Friends, don't get caught like bearing the gifts, bearing your life. Multiply it. Watch God use it. Enter that joy. And as you get better and better, He'll give you more and more, and you'll have more impact. This is what the church is to look like. A bunch of people who aren't burying their, their, their treasure, not burying the talents of their life. They're investing it. You and I were made to, to serve God, to love God. Amen? So here's the challenge. Today after church, we're going to have a group of people who are showing the different ministry teams. And they're going to be... Um, they're going to be giving you guys an opportunity to sign up. If, if you're not in a, on a ministry team or you're interested in one, you're not signing your life away, but just stay. Uh, and if you wouldn't mind actually helping tear down some of the chairs and serving, and we'll get it set up. And you can see the different teams. And we want a church that is so vital with servants that when people enter, they're like, the Lord must be here because this, this isn't normal. So I want to challenge you to stay for our open house and, uh, and participate and join in. All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for letting us serve you. Thank you for how much you love us. Would you use our church to be a a place of service that serves each other and serves our community? Amen.